listening to Thriver Podcast, the company culture podcast where each unique episode brings you engaging topics that a new host and guests will connect on. Learn what drives a strong workplace culture through leadership, diverse experiences, personal stories, and much more. Hello, everyone, and welcome. My name is Sarah Selecki, and I am the Senior Manager of Talent Acquisition here at Thriver. Joining us this week is Wes Macbeth, the Office Manager of New York from Lemonade, where we will be chatting about everything regarding hiring and virtual onboarding in a remote world. So just to give y'all a spoiler alert in terms of how awesome Wes is, he comes from Lemonade's New York office. He's been there for two and a half years now. He has a dual degree in math and theater from Mullenberg College, and he was hoping to pursue theater after school as well as something in math. But he ended up moving to the city right after graduation. He has worked a million different part-time jobs, ranging from a personal assistant in custom clothing, a temporary receptionist, office admin work, catering, executive assistants, as well as even an audition pianist. So after a couple years of singing on a cruise ship, he got tired of all those part-time jobs, came to Lemonade, and has never looked back. And so, Wes, thank you so much for joining joining me this week. Of course. Hey, everyone. Listing all those part-time jobs gave me PTSD. (laughs) (laughs) It's nice to have a steady job, isn't it? (laughs) I I know. I know. You started from the bottom. Now you're here, right? Yes, exactly. Awesome. Well, let's kick it right off. We know what's been going on in the world, you know, a lot of companies have started shifting to this remote um, and virtual landscape, both with hiring and with um, onboarding. And, you know, one of my philosophies as a recruiter, having been in this business for over a decade, is I know how much time and money is spent in the recruitment process. And it's hard finding top talent, right? With people who align to your culture, your values, you know, they're they're wanting to drive impact. Um, and so I fundamentally believe that onboarding is an extension of the recruitment effort that is put in in the in the forefront. Um, so talk to me a little bit about why virtual onboarding is so important to you, Wes. Yeah, of course. Um, And uh, just piggybacking off what you said, you know, we believe here at Lemonade, you know, that talent and office ops go hand in hand. And you're totally right. It's very important for talent to do what they do and then to pass it off seamlessly over to office ops. So it's like one um, full process as well. Um, But just in terms of virtual onboarding, um, I think, you know, everyone can empathize with what's going on. Everyone's going through different things. It's lots of uncertainty and craziness. Mm -hmm. So uh, when someone joins your company, I think it's our job to provide them with a sense of security, a sense of family and belonging um, right from the beginning of the process when talent reaches out to you, when you're in interview process, when you're in pre-hire, and then when you start on day one and then beyond. 
So I think, you know, we have a really valuable role here to really give people a sense of meaning and belonging when they join a company amidst everything that's happening this year. Um, and on top of that, you know, joining a company remotely from your apartment or your home is also an entirely new experience to a lot of people. You know, there's, of course, remote workers that have always been re remote, but a lot of people are brand new to this. And uh, they may have had a job when Corona hit. And if any, you know, if they were lucky enough to keep it and then they decided to change to another job, um, they're onboarding remotely for the first time, which is a whole new experience. So it's our duty to really take care of newbies and seamlessly bring them into our company and culture as if we were together in the same room and not all over Zoom. Absolutely. And I think what's been so interesting in this virtual landscape for onboarding is trying to figure out how do you go about showcasing your company values, your company culture, your employer brand, creating that strong first impression that we used to get in person and, and creating that sense of engagement virtually, right? That is still convenient, that is still scalable as your company continues to grow, that is still unique to who you are as an organization, that instills that sense of building and developing trust. And so, you know, when you think about all of these things, what makes you so uniquely qualified to talk about this today, Wes? Interesting question. Well, <laughs> I was um, just looking at some numbers and, you know, just in New York, we've had about um, 60 people since March that um, I've onboarded. So, you know, when you have that amount of people, you learn along the way. So I feel like I've learned a lot since the beginning of March. And, you know, I've been in this role for a while. Um, so, uh, you know, I think I've just gained experience over the past couple of years. When we had to transition to virtual onboarding, you learn a whole new set of things. But a lot of it is taking employee feedback, you know, and seeing what works for people and what doesn't. And then really being intentional about implementing that feedback and making those changes and checking in with those people. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, a really easy solution is, is through surveys, right? To, mm -hmm. to get that transparency from, from your team. So when we know that a great virtual onboarding experience can impl in, um, improve employee retention by 80 plus percent, what, advice do you have for our listeners in terms of what some of those best practices for virtual onboarding could be? Sure. So, you know, not even talking about like what tools we use to do all of this, just sort of more basic things. Like I always think the most important part of virtual onboarding is establishing a connection with your new hires on their first day right away. Because, um, you know, you are, with the exception of talent and all the interviews, you are the first person really that they're seeing. And uh, it's an important part to play to be that friendly, smiling face on Zoom, like, hey, welcome to Lemonade. Like, you know, like, <laughs> just making them like super excited on their first day um, and just really letting them know that you're that friendly face that they can always reach out to with any questions they may have. Because you, you have to think about it like on someone's first day, you know, each company is different with how they onboard people. But after you have your initial onboarding sessions, 
you sort of let them go and let them fly on their own. But really, the job isn't done after that first session. Like, you really have to establish that connection with them so they know if they have any questions at all, they can always reach out to you. Because as soon as you're done with that first Zoom onboarding, they're all of a sudden alone in their apartment or their home again. So uh, you have to be like, reach out with anything you may need. And I feel like that's just a really important thing to note. Because, you know, normally a new hire can just run up to you, tap you on the shoulder in the office, be like, hey, I have this question. Um, But now they're just going to send you a Slack or an email or whatever, you know, communication the company uses um, and just sort of wait there until you respond. So I think it's important to note that your job's not done on day one and you always have to have them in your mind the first couple of weeks um, and forever. Absolutely. I think, you know, in the state where we are with technology, I think emojis and giffies can also be so powerful in a positive way, right? In terms of creating that sentiment. And I know myself, I've just been at Thriver for three weeks now. So I am absolutely having um, those introductions where, you know, I'm having technology fail and I am frantically messaging, you know, for us, it's our HR manager. Um, and I feel like I am, I am such a pain um, and I don't know who else to go to or what else to do right now. And so I think, you know, just having that patience and that good nature and just that really friendly, outgoing attitude is always so easily approachable, right? From um, a new hire standpoint. So I appreciate that that sentiment. Yeah, 100%. And like all of my slacks are full of exclamation points and yes. emo- emojis, as you say, like all the gifts, all the emojis. It goes a long way. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, what we know from a virtual onboarding experience is a negative onboarding experience can result in new hires being two times more likely to start looking for a new opportunity. So, Understanding that statistic, what have been some of your biggest learnings over these last eight months when you look at the virtual structure of your onboarding, um, but even tapping into, you know, your your learnings from your virtual recruitment practices as well? I think in terms of that, I would say it's super important the first couple of weeks, you know, the first couple of days to set up plenty of meetings where people are meeting their teams. They're meeting people all the time um, and they're meeting people outside of their departments as well. Um, Depending on how big your company is, it can be overwhelming to join a new company and not see anyone and also know like, oh, I have 200 new coworkers and I don't know who all of them are. So uh, I think it's important to, you know, go over company structure and be like, this is who this is, this is who this is, set up meetings with them um, and let them know right away. Like everyone's super friendly here. Um, if you want to know anything about anyone, just reach out to them, set up a quick Zoom, chat with them. So uh, I, I find a lot that when you're joining a new team, you get to know your team really well because that's pretty obvious but you're missing sort of that connection of seeing other people all the time. So you have to be really intentional about making sure that they're meeting people outside of the team and outside of their department and getting to know everyone in the company. And to your point, 
you know, being on the receiving end of being that new hire at Thriver, I think what I appreciated the most was how jam-packed my schedule was my first week. And the preparedness on the company side of meeting with the heads of different departments and the thought and time and care they put into creating a presentation to not only explain to me what they did as part of the greater operation, but how they impacted our product and our platform um, and what their purpose was in the organization. I think sometimes, you know, it's difficult and can be intimidating coming into a different industry, into a different organization um, at, 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 at a different time that we haven't really seen before. And so I think the more thought companies and organizations um, and departments put into um, creating that connection and understanding, you know, who's who in the zoo um, really kind of helps bring that calming, peaceful um, entry into, into the organization itself, which, which I think is so powerful um, because it really is that review of the product and review of the org structure to understand where you fit in, in the greater scheme of things. Yeah, I love that. Like, you know, everyone should have the resources to be able to figure out where their impact is in the company and where they fit into the puzzle of the whole org. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so what do you think, in your opinion, is the most important aspect of virtual onboarding? And how how do you establish that as a leader um, and create those feelings and sentiments and emotions and and make sure that it resonates with the new hire? Sure. So uh, I'll start off by saying I can imagine that all uh, office ops teams can empathize with this. You know, when we all went remote on that day, March 12th or March 13th, whenever your company made the decision, um, all of our hearts broke when we went remote because we've spent years building an in-office environment and culture. So realizing that that was getting stripped away was a little jarring and sad, but also you had to look at it as a challenge. You know, we spent years doing this and now we have to change our tactic and be flexible and be adaptable and make it work in this new environment. Um, And uh, what I will say is our company was lucky. We had a strong culture and foundation and connection. So it made it super easy. Well, not super easy, but (laughs) we had to figure out what worked. Um, But because we had that foundation there, it made it pretty easy to transition. transition. Um, So, you know, one mission we had for this specific purpose was to try to translate as much traditions, um, including onboarding, into remote life as possible. so I think in terms of onboarding, it was important for us to maintain our process, but also, like I said before, be flexible with making changes based on feedback. You know, feedback and transparency is important, super important in all these things. Um, and it's pretty much down to a science now um, with everything that we do the first couple of weeks. Um, and, uh, you know, on top of just onboarding sessions and, you know, getting to know what you're doing with the role. Um, When it comes to company culture, like I said before, it's just really important that you uh, 
are scheduling things for people to meet other people. And, you know, when you're doing all of these trainings and things, it can be a little bit overwhelming. And like you said, when you joined Thriver, um, you had this like jam-packed schedule. And, you know, to some people that can be a little bit overwhelming. So you really have to find the right balance there of uh, scheduling enough so new hires aren't just twiddling their thumbs, they don't know what to do, but also not like doing back-to-back Zoom meetings all day long for like three weeks. So you have to find out what works for each different type of role um, to make them feel like they have enough training, but they're not overwhelmed at the same time. Um, And on top of that, when you're like doing all these trainings, build in some fun things too, like build in a coffee chat with someone that you don't know. Um, schedule a, a Zoom lunch with a buddy in another department. Um, so make sure you're scheduling in those fun things so you can see that, yeah, we like to work hard, but we also like to have fun. Um, and, you know, I always say we should love what we do and who we do it with. So as much as we're working, we should be having fun too. Absolutely. And I think one of the things that I've loved about connecting with you on this topic is also in our last conversation, you were talking about how um, you're set up with a buddy. And I know when I came to Thriver a few weeks ago, I had a Thriver pal. And it really does marry that sense of obviously wanting to come in and take your role seriously and drive impact, but marrying it with and having that, that piece of fun and camaraderie. And also, I think, you know, when you have a a buddy or a pal and you create that partnership with somebody outside of your your business unit, um, I think there is a lot of connection just in being able to go to someone and say, so I heard about this new product launch or or this is what's going on in the organization right now. Can you explain and elaborate so that you can get caught up to speed with kind of what those changes are? Um, to also, I think, understand that every single role in the company impacts the customer um, and wanting to be able to speak eloquently about that organization and the product as soon as you come in. So I love that you guys have that have that buddy system also. I think a, a buddy system is more important now than ever, to be honest, because, you know, it, it's nice when you're in office too, but when you're remote, um, it really just gives you another face to talk to. And if you assign the right buddy, it really works and you never forget who they are. Yeah. Um, and it's it's kind of an amazing thing that can happen when you establish a great buddy bond. Um, you know, I've had people that have had buddies in the company that, you know, six, seven months down the road, they ask me for their buddy's address so they can send them a cake for their birthday. Or like they just send like, you know, on their first buddy chat, they talked about, oh, I like this candle and someone sent them that candle. So, you know, it also, it's also just establishing a friend from the beginning. Um So I think that's like super important as well. Absolutely. And I think in this virtual landscape where we are experiencing a sentiment of craving humanity, connection, compassion, empathy, trust, safety, security, stability, how and what is one word you would use to describe how Lemonade onboards remotely? This is always always a hard one, like choosing one word. Um, I think when I was thinking about this, I I said like, 
alone together, which was cheating because it's really two words. But if you delete the space, it's really one word. Um, (laughs) Because this is actually like a phrase we used like near the beginning and I even used with my friends. Um, Because, you know, we were alone together. Um, And, uh, you know, Zoom really, it was funny how much Zoom like blew up at the beginning of March. Like all of my friends started having like personal Zoom accounts and we would just talk over Zoom all the time, even though we were like 30 minute drive away from each other. Um, (laughs) I'm getting a little off topic, but yeah, I I think... It's the shift, right? That, That happened and that we were forced to adapt. And I think, you know, as much as we're talking about this professionally, it in, it impacts us so personally as well. Yeah, so I think I'm going to stick with alone together being one word. Together. <laughs> I, love I love it. That's incredible. Yeah, and it also just goes along with that family vibe. Like when you join your first day, yeah, you're alone in your apartment or your home, but you have this whole new work family with you all of a sudden. So Absolutely. Absolutely. And an extension of who you are in the company is too, which I think is is really powerful. So looking back over the last eight, eight months or so, what would you say has been your proudest accomplishment with your virtual onboarding experience? I think I was going to bring this up earlier too, that I can add to my resume being a shipping master or a friend of FedEx um, (laughs) because that has been a huge part of the job (laughs) Um, because obviously everything has to be shipped now. So, you know, whatever welcome kit you include, um, even if like a laptop breaks, you have to send a mailer box to collect it. You have to replace it, send a loaner. Like there's just lots of shipping happening. So it's been uh, (laughs) lots of visits to FedEx. Like I have this... um, cart that I have that I put all the packages on and bring it down to the elevator, roll it to FedEx. They know who I am at this point. Um, so, you know, that's one of my proudest accomplishments, be, becoming a shipper and a packer. Um, but I think more um, in terms of Lemonade, I think being able to grow the way that we have and getting all those newbies everything that they needed and integrating so many people into our family remotely. Um, it's kind of incredible that we've been lucky enough and fortunate enough to grow this much um, and kept all these people and really still established a family with so many new faces that a lot of people haven't seen. And it's kind of like an incredible thing to experience. And, you know, when we have all hands meetings and seeing everyone all together, like, wow, we've really grown from when I first started and we're not even in an office anymore. Right. And I think... You know, in terms of how to create that sentiment of personalization when you're even just talking about shipping the materials to people's homes to make sure that they have that great first day um, and and set up experience. I mean, I felt so privileged with Thriver because in my box with my delivery of my computer, there was a t-shirt, there was a hat. Um, you know, I've heard of other companies writing a handwritten card, again, to create that sentiment and to try to evoke you know, that connection of you are important and, you know, we are in unprecedented times, but I think there's huge opportunities to be creative and scrappy and understand that at the end of the day, we're all human beings and whatever you can do to create, um, uh, 
a, a personalization through a remote um, workforce, I think is always is always positive, right? To always hundred percent and and be better. We get a lot of just amazing feedback when people get their kids to their home. They're like, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" And you're right, personalization goes a long way, and it is hard to maintain that um, as you scale and as you grow. But if you can manage to even put in one piece of personalization, I think it goes a long way and it's really important. Um, Something as simple as handwriting the welcome card. You know, like it can be on your company's stationery, but you can get out a Sharpie, you can write on the back of it, um, write their name on the front of the card so they know it wasn't just like something you printed off and threw in the box. Like you really put thought into it when you were making it. um, And it was like super intentional for that specific person. Um, and I think that goes such a long way. And I think to me, I mean, the the long lost art of a handwritten card. I mean, who doesn't love <laughs> snail mail, right? Oh, it's so could, true. That could be a whole other topic. Uh, yeah, sometimes I forget like how to actually write because I don't write anymore. So I'm like writing cards really fast. And like, then I reread it. I'm like, this isn't even legible. Like I need to go back to like penmanship school. <laughs> Incredible. Incredible. Well, let's move on to our rapid fire segment. I am going to ask you three questions. <laughs> and whatever comes to you on the top of your mind is, is what we'll go with. So okay. tell me, what is one crazy but true fact about you? Crazy but true. Um, when I was... <laughs> two years old, I was dancing on the side of my bathtub and I fell into it and my entire front tooth fell out and it didn't grow back for six years. Oh, patient. <laughs> and then you ended up dancing on cruises for part of your youth. Incredible. It was forecasting your future. Exactly. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. And what is one piece of advice you could impart on the audience? What would that be? I think the most important thing overall is, are we talking about onboarding? Sure, sure. Okay. Or just Or just life advice in general. Um, uh, well, this could be life advice too. I was going to say, make sure you be, be that person for the new hires. And I always reference be um, like Christina is to Meredith and Grey's Anatomy for any fans out there. Um, you know, she's always like, this is, she's my person. This is who I go to for everything. Um, so I'm always like, you need to be like that for your Meredith or whatever. So, you know, just establish that right away and be their rock and their foundation for, uh, for life. So I love it. Everybody needs a person. Yeah. Incredible. And lastly, what was a big fear that you had growing up? How did you overcome it or manage to cope with it? <laughs> I think the fr- whenever someone asks me something like this, the first thing that comes to mind is sports. <laughs> I was very bad at sports and uh, my mom was a huge sports person. So she tried really hard to get me to play sports. One time so much that I remember crying and she was like dragging me into the car to go to baseball practice. Um, was never very good at sports. And people always think I play basketball because I'm 6'4". Um, I think I need a shirt that says, I cannot play basketball on it. Um, <laughs> I need to shoot hoops. <laughs> <laughs> I may be able to touch the hoop easily, but I cannot shoot the ball. Um, 
uh, overcoming that it. Is, I, that, I think it's called the net. Anyways, minor. <laughs> minor. See, see, I know nothing. Um, I don't actually, this was a bad example because I don't think I over ever overcame that because I still cannot play sports, but. <laughs> I think to, in your defense, I think musical theater and dance is definitely a sport. It's very athletic. It is. I would say I'm athletic, but I'm not a athlete in sports. <laughs> but you're a winner at life, Wes. And yes, exactly. Part. <laughs> well, folks, that is all the time we have today. Wes, thank you so much for joining us, for sharing your wisdom and your experiences. Um, if people want to follow you or reach out, where can they do so? I'm on LinkedIn just as Wesley Macbeth and same on Instagram. It's just my name. Excellent. Well, thank you again, everyone for listening. Wes, thank you again for joining. And we look forward to more Thriver episodes coming soon. See y'all later. Bye everyone. Thanks for having me, Sarah. You've been listening to Thriver Podcast. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Share your thoughts on this episode by tweeting us at Thriver Company or get to know more about us by visiting Thriver.com. Additionally, you can follow us at Thriver Company on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. The choice is yours. Thank you so much for tuning in. See you next time.